All right, good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to day five. Yes, day five of our seven days of praying and um, just, you know, um, waiting on the Lord in a fast and um, studying the word of God. It's been, it's always a, a blessing to fellowship with everyone. It's always a blessing to spend time in God's presence. And it's always very encouraging, you know, um, just even seeing this now, I'm just thinking of, you know, um, Elijah um, and how, you know, God told him there are 7,000 who haven't bowed their, their knees to bow, you know, and um, just knowing that there are people that are seeking God, knowing that there is a camp, you know, knowing that there is an, I mean, knowing that there are lovers of God, seekers of God, people that are also going on a journey with God and seeing them is very encouraging. So God bless you all for this labor of love, for always rising up early every morning. Um, every time there's prayer in, we come together. It is encouraging for each and every one of us, you know, um, and I pray that the Lord will bless everyone. I pray that the Lord will um, will strengthen each and every one of us. I pray that we will be encouraged even in our walk with God. I pray that we will be encouraged even to choose God in the issues of life. I pray that in the times when it matters the most, we will find strength. We will find grace. We will find the hope. We would remember the love of God in our lives. We would not lose sight of the eternal things. We will not lose sight of the things that matter. We will not lose sight of, of the important things, of the sacrifices, of, 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 the, of the victories that we have even won because each and every one of us is victorious. Each and every one of us is an overcomer. And I pray that um, even in this time and in this day and in this age where the enemy is constantly trying to um, present distorted realities, trying to present, he's not even trying, he's aggressively, you know, um, presenting all kinds of things before people and people are just losing themselves. People are forgetting who they are people have no identity anymore you know people are not able to stand we have a lot of believers who are very um unstable you know um and even unbelievers that are unstable people just don't have any um convictions anymore they are not grounded they are not strong you know um um, they are not convicted there are no virtues at work in them again i pray that the lord will will fill us up with the virtues. I pray Lord, that the Lord will, by his spirit, lead us and show us the path to eternity. And he will give us the grace even to walk in that path. Because every time God um, presents a thing before us, every time God makes a way for us, we also have the responsibility to follow. We have the responsibility to work things out. We have the responsibility even to agree you know, we have the responsibility to go on that journey with him. And I pray that God will give us the grace and he would show us what to hope for, what to hope for. This morning, we're going to be looking at, um, amongst a few other things, we're going to be touching on hope, you know, um, and why hope is so important in this work of faith, why hope is so important in our journey in God, why hope is so important even as um as men and women walking on this earth, it is important to hope for something. You know, um, um, it, 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 is, it is important for us to, to have something that we are, we, are, we are walking towards. You know, just imagine someone who is building, you know, building um, 
maybe a house or maybe a, a factory or whatever it is that they are building or creating an idea, you know, um, or just trying to craft something that it gives you like a driving force. It gives you something to wake up to. It gives you something to be expectant for. You know, that's why a lot of people, you see them creating things like bucket lists and they tell themselves, oh, when I retire, um, these are the things I'm going to do. Or, okay, before, you know, before I turn this age, I'm going to, they're creating bucket lists and they're saying, these are things that I hope to do. You know, why? Because it gives you, it just creates new life in you. It gives you something to be expectant for. You know, it gives you something to, to, to look forward to compared to someone who has no hopes, who has no dreams, who, has, who is just taking life as it comes. You know, you see the difference even in character, you see the difference even in conduct. One is so energized, one is so excited, you know, one is um, so full of expectation, you know, and the other one is just, just like, oh, whatever will be, will be, you know, and there's so many people, maybe not in this exact context, but there's so many people that have nothing to hope for. There's so many Christians that have no, they don't even know what to hope for. It's not that they have nothing to hope for, but they don't even know what to hope for, you know, and I pray that, um, I pray that the Lord will remind us because, you know, when we come together to pray and when we gather in fellowship, one of the things that fellowship does for us is it reminds us. Fellowship reminds us of why we are on this journey. And I'm very happy about this, um, this theme that is the foundations of our faith because we need to be reminded even now more than ever. So I'm sure there are many scriptures that we're hearing here um, or, you know, that we've probably heard before, but, you know, the Bible tells us that what faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you hear it once, you hear it twice, you hear it the third time, you hear it the fourth time. It's not having the same effect on you. It may look like maybe on the outside, nothing is happening, but trust me, you are being strengthened. You are growing, you are advancing. There's so many times when I've seen even in my life that, you know, a word has, I've heard something before, but I'm hearing it again. And I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, this thing is coming alive in me. It's not that that word changed, it's that I have grown in my understanding because I have journeyed. Because with the first instance and with the first hearing of that word, I went maybe two centimeters. And then the second hearing of the word, I went four centimeters. And then the next hearing of the word, I'm able to go instead of just incrementally, I'm going exponentially because the word of God has a multiplying effect on my life. The word of God and the, you know, the gift of fellowship has a multiplying effect of my life. That scripture in um, the Psalms that talks about um, one will chase a thousand and two will put 10,000 to flight. You see that the increase that is happening there is not just um, additional, it's um it's a multiplying effect. So when we come together, you must believe in your heart that you're not just coming to mark a register. You're not just coming to clock the numbers. You are coming to be added to. Um, one person is bringing their gifts. The other person is bringing theirs. Everybody is bringing something special to the table that the Lord sets before us. And we are not just partaking of what God, you know, of um, we're all partaking, rather, we're part all partaking of everything everybody has to offer. We're all partaking and we're all strengthened by each other's gifts, each other's blessings. The other day I was um, having a conversation with people that I will call my sisters in the faith, you know, and I was telling them that it's fantastic that we have even built ourselves, you know, um, fostered our relationships to this point where 
we are friends, you know, we've gone through journeys with each other, we've, we've fought battles with each other, you know, we've had ups and downs and highs and lows, but it is time for us to even push further and advance to the point where we, we, we start to challenge, you know, um, and stand in the gap, um, stand in the faith for one another. You know, it's time for us to even be more conscious and intentional of why God put us in each other's lives. You know, there are so many things that we just run into, we stumble into them, you know, um, um, and, and they're fantastic. But like we've said a number of times, stumbling upon things is great, but at a point you need to be intentional because that is a marker of your growth. You know, stumbling and stumbling, it, it can only be cute for a while. As a child, you are expected to stumble, but as you you grow as you as you mature and as you advance in age and in years and in knowledge and in wisdom it is time for you to be intentional you know so I would like to encourage us even um, concerning the people that we have in our immediate circles it could be our um, family members that we are related to by blood or family member family uh, family in the faith you know and pick up people um, and stand in the gap for them you know, be that person, just like Ruth was, was for Naomi, you know, she stood, she stood for her when she needed her, even when Naomi was telling her, forget, I'm not worth anything, just forget about it, go on your way, she said no, don't even, in fact, it's like she warned the woman, she told her, please, don't tell me to leave you again, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and she did that in love, it is time for us to arise um, um, and give and be, be conscious also of what we carry and realize that we bring something to the table, we add to the ministry, we add to the body of Christ, and um, um, we should even be more conscious of that as we use that as a blessing for other people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, let me go to the teaching. And uh, I, I trust God to give us direction this morning as we share his word and as we pray. So, um, like I said, the foundations of our faith, um, every time I look at this journey of prayer in, um, I'm always, I'm always um, thankful of the, for the faithfulness of God. You know, um, I remember when prayer in started, I've shared this a lot of times, and I'm saying this because we're talking about foundations. Um, when prayer in started the first time, it was just a group of us that had, um, there was like a, a nudge in our spirits, you know, um, I remember it was just, oh, it is, I, I, it was PI that said, oh, I sense that the Lord will have us come together and pray. And I believe it was seven days we took apart and we prayed. We were, we were praying for, the, there was a certain um, theme of the prayers. It didn't have a shape or a form or any of those things. You know, it was just, mm, let us come together. Let us pray. I, I, let us pray. I sense that this is what the Lord will have us do. I sense that the Lord will have us pray against such and such. You know, I sense that the Lord will have us arise, um, wait on him on the fast. And it was a number of us that came together and we prayed and we fasted and we fellowshiped for seven days. And we did it once and that was it. And again, um, a couple of months later, we came together again and we prayed, you know, and we kept praying and praying and praying and pressing in the presence of God. At this time, we didn't know that there would be an institution or a ministry called that is prayer in where people will come together every day and they will pray. We didn't know um, that there would be um, different, you know, people logging. In fact, and 
prayer rain has always been on Zoom. So at the time we were doing, I think this was 2018, there was no COVID, there was nothing, you know. So even us having virtual meetings, I believe God was preparing us for a time to come where people won't even be able to meet physically. I'm saying these things to let us know that it is our in our little acts of discerning and obeying, because it is one thing to discern and it's another thing to obey. When we discern that the Lord is asking us to do a thing, how do we respond? Just this morning, we were praying, we we're saying, Lord, let me respond to your love. When we discern that the Father is nudging us in our spirits to do a thing or to act in a certain way or to respond in a certain way, what do we do? Do we obey or do we just brush it aside and say, oh, I'm not sure if it's me or, or I'm not sure if it's God that is calling me. Do you even dare to go on that journey? You know, because by doing that, we're stirring ourselves up. And so this ministry started with just a number of us that came together. To, and before we knew it, we did it another time. And after a while, we said, you know what, let's let's do it. Let, let it, let's do it maybe once a quarter or maybe once in, it was first once in six months. And we'll come together and we'll pray and we'll take the whole month and we will pray and press into the presence of God. And at that time, we didn't even know that we were breaking grounds and we were building trenches, you know, and we were building, digging up wells in the spirit. We didn't know. We were just coming together by the nudging that we had in our spirit that the Lord will have us pray. You know, and I've shared with people how I even found myself on this journey. Um, I, I became by, by observing you know, I just sat and I watched and I saw the power of prayer, the power of fellowship, the power of coming together, of trusting God. And there were always testimonies, miracles. You know, we were always hearing of um, divine interventions, how people were strengthened, you know, how we were seeing situations being turned around. And we would look at it and we're like, wow, God is faithful. God is indeed in our midst. And so prayer and kept morphing and morphing. And then from once a year or once in, you know, um, an undefined time, it became once in six months to once in three months to twice a quarter. And now here we are, we are praying every month. We're coming together seven days um, in the month and we're just pressing and we're fellowshipping and we're seeing how lives are being changed. We're seeing scrolls and we're seeing transcripts. And now there's, there's so much more. You know, it started with the foundation of trust and faith in God. It, it started from the foundation of, of daring to believe that the spirit of the Lord was leading us and it has grown you know, um, and we have journeyed. And now so many people are being added to the ministry. There are so many people um, on this call that I have never seen physically. I haven't met them physically. We've never, you know, met each other, but our lives have been blessed by the fellowship of, um, of the spirit, by the fellowship, by the, the simple acts of obedience and listening and being able to discern the voice of God per time and per season. And so prayer rain is still going to keep transforming. Prayer rain is still going to keep morphing. And prayer rain is going to keep, um, you know, um, um, growing. And as we go along, I pray that each and every one of us will find our place, not, not just limited in prayer, but we'll find, we will begin to understand even beyond, oh, let me wake up six o'clock in the morning. We will begin to understand that God works. He gives us patterns. 
you know, he shows us even in the way that he has us conduct our lives. Because just like Abraham, when God called him, I'm sure he didn't know the fullness of the extent. He did not see the extent of the journey. He didn't know that there will come a time where God would even test him and ask him to sacrifice Isaac, you know, um, and he probably did not know that there would be a such a great reward and he will be referred to as the father of faith. I'm sure he didn't see or know any of these things, but there was a nudging in his heart when God called him from his father's house, from the things that he knew, you know, and just that, that, that obedience when he descended and he obeyed, he began to lay that foundation. And so we're talking about the foundations of our faith. Every time we're talking about foundations, you have to, it, it, it triggers, I don't know about you, but it triggers me to look back on, my, on, on a journey and see how far. And then I ask myself, Lord, what next? What next? You know, because it is fantastic that we have that foundation, but what are we doing with everything God has given us? It is fantastic that we all come together every morning and we pray and we worship and we, well, some of us mute our mics, some of us don't mute. <laughs> okay, sorry, no shade. But, you know, but the fact that we come together every morning is fantastic, but it must propel you to a place where you're asking, God, what next? What next? You know, what would you have me do now? You have given me so much. My Bible tells me that you have given me all things that pertain to life and to godliness. What am I doing with it? What am I doing with the seeds that you have placed in my heart? What am I doing with all the gifts, the blessings, all the abilities that you have given me? What am I doing with them? What am I doing with them? Am I putting it to good use or am I just heaping it up and looking at it and just looking at it every day and just saying, oh, God is faithful and that's it. Or am I giving substance to the things that you have laid inside of me? Do I know the hope of your calling for my life? Because you see, when we start talking about the hope of calling, at the end, we will arrive at a point where we realize that it is not just about us. It really isn't only about us, actually. All the time, it's never, it's about God and his people. It's about a generation. We talked about Ruth yesterday. And um, at the time when Ruth was telling Naomi that, listen, I can't, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you go. Your people will become my people. Your God will become my God. It is only death that will separate us. Doesn't that sound like a marriage vow? Like she tied herself to Naomi and she said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sure she did. In fact, even Naomi herself, I'm sure at the point where Ruth was binding herself, because that's what she did. At the time when Ruth was binding herself with her, Naomi was, she had told them, don't even call me Naomi because there's nothing fantastic about my life right now. Call me Mara because this is the height of bitterness. How can I lose everything? So she was even taking a walk of shame and going back, journeying back to where she came from. It didn't seem like she was advancing, but another woman, not because she could see it, but she just probably had a nudge in her spirit that this is not the time for me to go. This is what I should be doing at this time. It didn't seem like it made sense or anything, but further on in the journey, because she stayed, because she kept journeying in the way of the Lord, we see that it now wasn't just about her. It was about a generation. It was about a lineage. It was about a people that will come forth from her. It was about the goodness of her producing the, the, um, the, the intent for which God had created her. It was about her walking in purpose. So we must always ask ourselves, Lord, what am I, you know, 
what am I doing? You've laid the foundations for me. Paul was speaking. He said, I, as a wise master builder, he referred to himself as a wise master builder. And in that scripture, he was telling us how to build. So Paul was saying the foundations were great and they're fantastic. And I'm thankful for that. And without the foundation, what will the righteous do? If you don't lay a right foundation, the winds and the storms and all of those things will come and the building will be exposed for what it is because it is not well grounded. But is it enough to just lay the foundation and leave it be? I feel like when we have, when the Lord has given us so much, it's like a man that has laid the foundation and then he calls his workers and says, okay, you, you're the bricklayer. You, you are this, you, you are that. Everybody find your place and do it. And imagine if everybody just looked at him and said, she, you're the one that built the foundation. Okay, then you finish it. That is arrogance. It's not even humility. So what we find ourselves doing as humility sometimes, where we think that um, ah, I'm too small, low. I'm too small to do this. I'm too, so it's actually us looking God in the face and the spirit and saying, ah, well, God, you do it because you started it. You know, it's actually pride. It's inverted pride. So it may be, on the outside, it may seem like we're thinking little of ourselves. No, is that we don't trust in God's ability and God's calling over our lives. And that's why we never respond the way in the appropriate manner. I pray that this morning, the Lord will bring us to a place of repentance because repentance is not in saying, oh, I'm sorry. Repentance is changing your mind, changing the way you think, changing the way you act, changing the way you respond. That was why when Jesus came, when John the Baptist came, he preached the, the, the message of repentance. And then when Jesus came, he said, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance is metanoia, changing the way you think, change your mind, change the way you evaluate, change the way you see things. Why? Because there is a kingdom that is at hand. There is a hope for you to lay hold on. There is, a, there is, there, there is something that is coming and you need to be a new person. You need to be transformed. You need to see differently for you to be able to lay hold on it. Praise God. I hope we're all still here. Um, so I just made um, a few notes. I will see how I can go over everything. Um, the foundations of our faith. It's very personal to me, and I'm sure it is personal to a lot of people. When you talk about foundations, everybody has their journeys, you know, um, thinking about how far you've come, not from a place of pride, like oh, I've journeyed this much, I'm this person. No, but just in terms of encouraging yourself that you are not the person you used to be. So why should you stop where you are? You know, um, not stopping where you are, but still pressing and trusting and hoping in the God that has brought you thus far. And so when we speak about hope, um, hope, hope speaks of the expectation of good, a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. So what does it mean to expect good? Um, when we were in Ghana, I remember um, one of the teachings, um, if you haven't listened to teachings, I would advise us to, you know, make time to listen to them because they were really good. When the rabbis came and they spoke about Salak, um, prospering God's way, and one of the things, one of the people in scriptures that they highlighted was Joseph, you know, and they talked about Joseph's life. In fact, we started from Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, we saw that every time God created something, he called it good. And I started to, you know, they, and they were able to explain what good really means, you know, and good is not just, oh, this thing looks beautiful or this thing looks fantastic. 
but good is let me try to put it in hot words the way i understood it um it is the ability to produce the intent or um the intent or the purpose for which god created a thing so for instance god created the animals and he said it was um sorry um before he created the animals when he created the heavens and the earth and then um he created um the sea he, he um the vegetation the trees and all of those things he said it was good not just because of the way they looked but because of what they carried because of the seed that was in them and that seed had the potential and the ability to recreate itself you know um if you look at a mustard seed and i that's it that 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 scriptural analogy of the mustard seed and likening it to faith you know and the bible says if you have faith as even as tiny as a mustard seed why not just because of the size of the seed but because that seed when it is put to work when it is put in the right conditions when it is buried in the ground when it is covered with the right um with the right um, situations and the right circumstances and it is given the conditions for growth it becomes a huge tree. So when we're talking about good and hope being the expectation of good, let us not be blinded by the now. Let us not just look at how small we think we are. Let us not just look at what may be going on in our lives today. Let us not even evaluate it according to the journeys of the, or the metrics of this world. Because according to the standards of this world, you know, you must be a certain way by a certain age. You must have certain things. Those things are great, you know, but they should not become standards that would now fight against the standards that God has set for us in his word. The standards that God has called for us, you know, when he was creating us. Because when he was creating us, he had, he had a plan for each and every one of us. He had a calling for each and every one of us. He had um, an identity for each and every one of us that stemmed out of him. We must never lose sight of that. So when we talk about hope being the expectation of good, it is not good as the world calls it, but it is the goodness of God. It is, it is, it is the fulfillment of God's purpose. And most times in the now, it may never seem like it makes sense. To Ruth, it did not make any sense. I'm sure she could not even tell anybody that that was what she was doing. You know, it didn't make sense to the carnal mind. It didn't make sense to the physical eyes, but she kept going in the direction of good. And we see how she arrived at God's glorious, glorious future for her life. We see how she arrived at a destiny. I think we should take a break here and pray and just pray that the Lord will help us to reevaluate and we and, and understand what understand what it means to 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 hope for and to expect his goodness i pray that the lord will help us to reevaluate re goodness according to his measures and according to his standards not the standards of this world not the standards of the world that gives us pressure to act in a certain way or to go on certain journeys that are not um, um, in the will of God for our lives because God will always deliver us but trust me there's so much time that we could have saved if we were already working in his plans for our lives and so I'd like us to unmute our mics and pray and just ask that the Lord will help us reevaluate and to 
understand what it means to be good, what it means to arrive at good, what it means to walk in the goodness of God, what it means to expect the goodness of God in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Let us pray that the Lord will indeed change our minds. The Lord will make us repentant in every area where we may have erred, in every area where we may have misevaluated, in every area where we may have led ourselves up until now, that the Lord will even make us of a right mind. He will give us the ability to reevaluate according to his standards in the name of Jesus, that our eyes will see like he sees. We will be aligned with him. In thinking, we will be one with him. In conduct, we will be one with him. In understanding, we will be one with him. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, this is our prayer. Father, this is my prayer, Lord, that you would even give me a repentant heart, oh God. Anywhere that I have misevaluated, my God, open my eyes to see. Father, open my eyes to see. Cause me to understand, Lord. Touch my heart, Lord. Let me let me walk in 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 your understanding. Let me walk in 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 clarity, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, help me to depend on you. Let your spirit be the lens through which I view and evaluate things, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, because you have given me the choices, you have given me the gift of choice, but Father, help me, Lord, to exercise my choice towards your will, in the name of Jesus. Help me to exercise my choice towards your will, my God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So when we are talking about, about, about hope, which is the expectation of good, because we have hope in God, in that moment, it may not seem like it, but it delivers for us the ability and the strength to contend for that which is to come. It gives us the grace to contend for that which we are building, you know, um, and it is the proof of contention. Um, the proof of contention is in what we build and how we build. It is, it shows, like we said, the bucket list, it is, it is, you know, someone that has something to fight for, something to live for, that keeps going every day, that keeps creating plans, that keeps creating strategies because they are working towards something. They are building towards something. They have a goal and they have um, um, an idea in mind that they just want to, they will keep pressing no matter what happens until they arrive at it. You know, there are so many people that may not even be as talented as us. You know, and we see that a lot, even I know the times when I have maybe looked around and see that there are certain people that today you just hear somebody talking about something and you're like, oh, who is this person? Where did they, where did they spring out from? But the fact that they have come to your attention, it means that they have been journeying from somewhere. You are just catching up with whatever it is they're doing, whether it is fantastic or whether it's mediocre, we don't know. But if that person keeps going and going and going and building momentum in the next one month, in the next three months, in the next six months, one year, they are not going to be the same person that they were at the time that you encountered them. They are going to keep growing. And why are they still pushing? Why do they have, why do they wake up every morning and why do they keep pressing on for something because there is something they are hoping for they may not fully understand it but there is something in their hearts that they know that they have seen and they are telling everybody about they are pressing for it they are going to keep building it they are going to keep pressing towards that mark until they attain it and so um just even when i was doing my study and i started to ask i said god so what should the believer hope for you know because we hear hope and we hear faith and sometimes we mistake faith for ambition. You hear people say things like, oh, I'm just trusting God for this thing, or I'm trusting God for that thing, or, you know, oh, I really want this car. 
oh, I really want this material thing. So I'm talking in terms of material things now. And you hear people um, using faith for material things, right? Um, what is really happening sometimes is people just have ambitions, right? You know, and it is my thing. It's, you know, the way I see it, I, sometimes I feel like, or oh, I have come to understand because of what I have experienced in God that we should not expend our faith over material things. It's like an insult on our faith. I remember when we were much younger, um, I, we were at home and we were talking about something. I think um, I was making jokes with some with my sisters and one of them, uh, while we were talking about something, um, I think Nepa took the light or something, you know, and I said, okay, okay, prove to me that you're a Christian. You know how we've come into all these funny arguments and banter. This was years ago. I think I was in secondary school. I said, okay, so prove, prove your faith to me. Let um, Command Nepa to bring the light. And my sister laughed. She looked at me and she said, please, I cannot waste my faith on such. You know, we all had a laugh. In that moment, we just felt like, mm, this one, I'm sure she does not have the faith to tell Nepa to bring light. Or maybe Nepa will not respond to her faith or whatever. But now I think about it and it kind of makes sense you know, in terms of what are you really, you, faith, the substance of faith itself, what do you use it for? How do you go to war with, with the faith that you have in God? What do you, what does your faith represent for you? Where do you spend your faith? How do you trade in the place of faith? You know, what are the things that you are hoping for? What are the things that people would see or God will see in you and say, this one is faithful? You know, um, what are the things that, um, that, 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 are re that require you to express your faith in God? What are those things? Is it just in the material things you want or is it in the eternal things? And more and more this year, the Lord is laying emphasis in our hearts about eternity, hoping for eternity. So in terms of talking about um, what it is we hope for, what are the things the believer should hope for? And what are even the things, you know, I was having a conversation with, uh, I think it was Pastor Uchi the other day. And, uh, you know, one of the questions he, he, he asked in the conversation we were having, he said, so who is doing the hoping? What, is, what are we hoping for and who is doing the hoping? And immediately I said, you know, this, we, we usually look at things as a one-way street. We're talking about hope and it's all about me, me, me and us. But have we even asked ourselves, what does Christ hope for in us? What does he hope to see? The Bible tells us that um, um, when Jesus was given that parable about that widow that kept asking and pressing and pressing, you know, and she finally got what she wanted because she was persistent. She kept going. She kept pushing until the door was open for her, until she got her desire. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ speaking, when the son of man comes, will he find this kind of faith? So there's something he's hoping to see. So as much as we talk about faith and we talk about hope, we must always ask ourselves, look at the other side of it. What is Christ hoping to see in us when he comes? Is he hoping to come back and see the foundation he laid? Just like in the, the parable of, of, of the talents, when he came back and he just saw, it was what I gave you that you had this whole time. You didn't trade. You didn't do anything. You did not add to it. What is Christ hoping to see when he comes? And that would even give direction to what we should hope for. What we should hope for. The first thing I want to talk about very quickly is righteousness. Um, and I'll just go on. I'll speak about it real quickly. Um, the Bible likens righteousness to a breastplate. In the full armor of God, you know, um, we are told about um, 
the breastplate of righteousness. And I started to look at what a breastplate means or what a breastplate stands for. Um, I just highlighted five, which I will share. It shields your vital organs. So when um, the soldier is going to battle, he has the helmet, he has the sword, you know, um, he takes up the shield, um, he straps his sandals, and he also wears, um, he wears the breastplate and then he wears the belt. But the breastplate is one to shield your vital organs. What are your vital organs? Your heart, your intestines, you know, your kidneys, all of that. Um, it makes you stand upright. It protects you from injury. It is an item of significance or an item of status. So even in like the rankings of maybe soldiers, you see that there are some that even if they're not going to battle, they're probably, I remember I was watching Chosen recently and I saw some of the Roman soldiers that were depicted um, in the TV show. They, were, they had their breast, it was part of their uniform. So it also shows ranking and authority. Um, it is used to keep the saddle or harness from sliding back. All of these things are, um, you know, they speak, they speak of something. Um, shielding your vital organs. Number one vital organ is your heart, your heart, your mind, the seat of your emotions, you know. And so when we walk in righteousness, um, when, when, when we are righteous, when we, and if we look at Abraham's life, because he trusted and he believed in God, it was credited to him for righteousness. So I'm saying this to let us know that, to even show us a way, you know, that the Bible evaluates things. Our righteousness is not just in the works. You know, it doesn't start with the works. It starts with trusting God. It starts with knowing God, journeying in God, knowing him as faithful. Then we are then we become righteous. Then we become people of faith because it always starts in God. Um, it makes you stand upright. It makes you stable. You know, knowing God, they that know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. It all starts with the knowledge of God. It protects you from injury. Um, um, protecting you from you know, knowing God and trusting in God, it shields you from any kind of lie or deception of the enemy. It is used to keep the saddle or harness from sliding back. Recently, I was sharing with, um, it was Yasmin I was sharing with, and I was just telling her how um, I was having, um, there were some dreams I was having at a certain time, and God was telling me, was highlighting, you know, what backsliding looks like, or just backsliding generally, you know, and when I got out of that dream, I said, God, what does backsliding even look like for me now? You know, I made it about me and I, I started to ask God what it means for me to backslide. The backsliding of Stephanie today is not the backsliding of Stephanie five years ago. There are certain things that you, as you grow in God, you know, as you advance in God, um, things change. You know, um, the way you may have responded yesterday is different from the way you respond today. And so some things that may, may not have been um, regarded as, as sin or backsliding back then when you were ignorant and while you were yet a child, they are not the same things four years, five years, 10 years down the line when you have grown and you have advanced in God. And that is why it's important for us to always walk circumspectly in this journey with God. It's not for enough for us to evaluate things. Like I said, the way the world evaluates it, we must always be aligned with God so that we will know his expectations for us per time and per season. And the expectations of God shouldn't put us under a kind of pressure to always perform. No, but the expectations of God are rooted in love and it is love 
love that fuels everything that we do. And that was why we started praying this morning. And we said, Lord, help me respond to your love. So even God's expectations for us, when we see it or when we, when we come to the understanding of it, it is not for it to disarm us or for us to feel in. inadequate but for us to respond the god that had this host has given us to keep journeying in him i'd like us to pray this morning and just ask the lord to bring us to a place where we we don't lose sight of who he is because it always starts with god everything starts with god the foundation itself is christ jesus Jesus is our foundation. We must never forget that. And so as we keep hoping, as we keep pressing, as we keep trying to build, let us always have in mind that it is Christ that has first called us. Many times we hear people talking about what is your calling? What is my calling? It is the hope of his calling for us. In first Ephesians, in Ephesians 1, um, chapter 18, from verse 17, it talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In knowledge of him, the light of your understanding, the, the light of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. So it is hope in his calling for us, not our calling for our lives. We are the ones that are called unto him. So perhaps there needs to be a reevaluation of what we have allowed as labels to be tagged on us by this world and by the limitations of our fleshly thinking. You know, where are the places that we have substituted faith for ambition where are the places that we have not done justice to the to the to the things that the lord has given us where are the times that we have chosen conveniences over convictions we need to repent today because true repentance begins with acknowledging god and that was why when jesus was teaching us to pray what was the first thing he said he said abba father who art in heaven hallowed be your name when we start by acknowledging god and knowing who he is recognizing who he is understanding who he is knowing him loving him worshiping him that is when we find ourselves that is when we find our abilities our identities our our uniqueness he's calling for our lives and we are able to prosper and we are able to grow and so finally i'd like us to lift up our voices and just pray that the lord will keep us in that constant state of remembrance remembrance of him that's why jesus christ when he gave um when he gave the the um the doctrine or would i say the instruction or the invitation to have communion with him he said every time you do this do this in remembrance of me we must all everything we do must be in remembrance of christ jesus in remembrance of god because other apart from that we are nothing so we shouldn't be looking to do things the other way around starting with our works our works are fantastic and we will be rewarded for those but what is motivating you what are you hoping for what is fueling your motives why are you doing the things that you do is it because of your own personal ambitions or is it because of the expectations and the hope of the calling of god upon our lives let us pray this morning as we close and just ask that the lord will constantly keep us in a state of remembrance where we will constantly see how far the lord has brought us we will constantly see where god called us from and we will not lose sight of where he's taking us to that everything we do from here on now 
will be fueled by the knowledge of God. Everything that we do from here on now will be fueled by an understanding of who God is. Everything we do from here on now will not be in comparison to one another, but because we acknowledge him as, as God, we'll be able to find ourselves in him. We'll be able to bring something unique, something distinct to the assembly of the brethren. None of us will cower down. None of us will shy away from who God has called us to be. He has laid the foundation for us, but we will put to good use everything that he has given us, we would advance because we have crossed over. We have crossed over. It is the season where we have crossed over and now we are going into the new. But as we go, we will never forget where we have come from. We will never forget the God that has delivered us. We will never forget the journey, the parting of the Red Sea, the, 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 the pillars you know, um, um, of our faith. We would never forget how he kept us in the wilderness seasons of our lives, where he provided for us the times when we, um, when we hit the rock and the waters gushed out. We would never forget the times that he provided for us. He kept us by his loving kindness. The times when he protected us, the times when he called us we would never forget. We would remember who he has called us to be. We will remember and acknowledge him for who he is in our lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you even for this morning, for this time of sharing, oh God. We thank you for your word, Lord. And we thank you for the simplicity and even for the strength, Lord, that we find even in your word. And Father, we ask and pray that even as we go forth this morning, these words, Lord, will not fall on deaf ears, Lord, that they would be rooted in our hearts, oh God. Father, I pray that as each and every one goes forth, Lord, you make us, Lord, just like Paul, wise master builders, Lord, to craft and create in our own unique way. Everyone using their unique gifts, unique talents and unique abilities to, to um, communicate Christ in our lives, to communicate Christ in our world, to communicate Christ in all that we do in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we thank you and we bless your holy name. Let these words that you have spoken through us, let these words that you have released this morning, Lord, let it, let it bless us, let it water us, O oh God. Let it strengthen and encourage us, Father. For everyone that may be losing sight, O oh God, or may be in a season of darkness, Lord, Father, I pray that you would even send them strength oh god in the name of jesus send them strength in the form of people send them strength in the form of resources and father open their eyes to even identify the people you have sent to them in this time and in this season in the mighty name of jesus let us constantly remember that we are helped by you let us never feel lonely or alone let us remember that your spirit leads us and your spirit helps us and your spirit constantly propels us let us remember that your spirit is constantly working in us lord a new thing let remember that your spirit is constantly working in us the ability to do your will and help us father to respond help us to respond to your grace amen amen